Welcome to the Eat Like a Mother podcast, where we take complicated topics surrounding hormones and metabolism and make them simple and applicable to your daily life as a woman. I'm your host, Casty Wellfell. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered to start taking radical responsibility for your health and lean into this body God created for you. Are you ready to eat like a mother? Hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Eat Like a Mother podcast. Today, I have a special guest. We're going to be talking to my friend Gabby about her journey into metabolic wellness and really her story. So Gabby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, how you got into pro-metabolic lifestyle, and we'll just go from there. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. I just love chatting all things about this, but a little bit about me, so just to kind of give you some backstory on me, I was a athlete for 17 years of my life. So I played softball, very active from a young age. So I wanted to put that in there. And I think that plays a huge role talking about shifting into your 20s and 30s, which I'll touch on later. But I played softball all the way through college. Um, and what really kicked me into this, let's just kind of jump right into that. Um, so, you know, just like many other teen, teen girls, struggle with my menstrual cycle a lot. And I didn't really pay mind to much of it when I was younger, henceforth putting myself on the pill when I was 19 years old. So kind of rolling into the timeline of things, I got on the pill at 19 because I had heavy and painful periods. And this is just not things that they teach you about in school, right? So I saw all the other girls doing it. Thank God my mom didn't let me do it when I was actually in high school. But once I went for my yearly physical, you know, going back to school, you have to get your yearly physical. You know, I asked the doctor about it. She's like, yep, sure. Here you go. No side effects, no warning, nothing. Right. Dang. So I was on the, right. So I was on the pill for five years. And right when I turned a little after I turned 24. So my husband and I had been married for about three, four years at this point, And we were ready to start a family. We're like, let's, let's have a baby. Okay. We're ready. Stop taking my pills. Um, and thankfully two cycles after I got off the pill, I was grace be to God able to get pregnant. Um, when many people are saying, you know, it's probably going to take six plus months, we've been on birth control and so on and so forth. So um, I had my daughter at 38 weeks and six months after I had her at 25 years old, I had the copper IUD inserted because I didn't want to get pregnant. So I was like, well, I got to go back on birth control. I didn't want to get pregnant. And, you know, my periods were so heavy still coming off of, you know, being pregnant and hormones adjusting and so on and so forth. Um, so I had that inserted right when I turned 26. And about a year and a half after I had it inserted, I was having my intuition was kind of kicking me in the butt. And all this time, you know, I was living a healthier lifestyle. I was ingredient conscious. I was following, like, towards the end of that, my time on the IUD, I was following the more ancestral diet, um, really getting back to, like, eating organ meats, lots of steak, animal fat. So I was doing my body, like, a really good service while it was in, right? However, I started to develop some symptoms, and that's what kind of kicked me towards I think I need to get this thing out to see how my body's going to change. So about two and a half years ago, I got it out. And ever since then, that was kind of like my beginning in 2021. I was 27 years old and I was like, holy cow, I have so much to learn because I really wanted to utilize it as this this new turning point, if you will. I wanted to utilize it as um, another chapter of being able to be like, okay, how can I get off my birth control, avoid pregnancy and get back to hormonal balance? So I say like my new beginning was two and a half years ago when I got my IUD out. And that's what led me into this 
wealth of information that I've just done for myself over the last two and a half years. Dang. So on the, on the copyright IUD real quick, did you have any like major symptoms with that? Cause I know a lot of people like, even with a copper IUD, they have like depression and anxiety and skin issues and cramps. Like, did you have any issues or any symptoms like that on the copper IUD? I did. And what I didn't realize is that there are so many, like a huge umbrella of symptoms that you can experience, but just aren't talked about. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was having insane intrusive thoughts, like going to bed thinking like my daughter's going to pull out the window. And we were like on the 26th floor with windows locked, like intrusive thoughts that were keeping me up at night. And then accompanying those intrusive thoughts, I was having those gasping, like panic attacks as I was falling asleep and I just thought oh it's just postpartum like I'm just struggling with postpartum anxiety right oh my gosh what it right what I didn't realize that once it came out that stopped all of that stopped so that was like one of the bigger symptoms um low libido and then the other thing that I developed well on the copper IUD was this like allergy, what I thought was like a histamine imbalance for a while and I can talk a little bit more about that later but those were the biggest ones is I developed like this continual congestion, stuffy nose. And, you know, I had an inkling that it was from the IUD, but I wasn't fully certain while I was on it. So once I came off and two and a half years later, I'm still struggling with it. Okay, something's not right. After all those years of going through hormonal birth control and then the pregnancy and then the IUD, this snowballing effect, the IUD just kind of like put me over, right? It was just like that thing that was I was constantly exposed to because it's inserted in your body. Yeah. Put me over the edge hormonally. And now I'm I'm still healing two and a half years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's really important to talk about though, because you know, different women and different people walking into their hormonal health journey like we want quick results, you know, people want to see results really quick. But I think it's always important to recognize like, your background and the different things that you go through is absolutely going to impact how long it takes you to heal. And Mm -hmm. nobody talks about like, their copper IUD, you know, it's not without it's not without symptoms. And it's not without messing with your hormones. Like they say, Oh, this is the safe option. Like it's not it's non hormonal. But nobody tells you like, the relationship between copper and estrogen. Nobody tells you about right. the effects of putting copper up your vagina, you know, and, <laughs> and how that's going to impact your how that's going to impact your iron regulation and your estrogen and all of those different things. Nobody tells you that. And right. you know, because it's presented as the safer option. So mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Yeah. It's it's really interesting how much you know, I guess I didn't realize, you know, you're just ignorant until you know, because the doctors aren't presenting that to you. They're like, it's it's 99.9% effective. And it's like, okay, cool. They're they're giving me this efficacy rate, but they're not telling me how this is going to alter my natural being, right? So I can't make that informed decision, so to speak. And it's, it's really almost like the rug was ripped under me and it really gave me almost like this, again, this new beginning to dive into all of these things, how minerals are working together and so on and so forth. That's wild. So do you think that it was when you got the cover IUD removed, that's when you were like, okay, I got to figure out what's going on with my body. I got to figure out what's going on with my thyroid. Tell me a, a little bit about how you, like, what was the process after that? 
Right. I think my biggest concern coming off of the IUD was not getting pregnant because I just am not in a place where I want to get pregnant again. Um, so that was my biggest focus. And I learned all about fertility awareness methods. So that consumed me a lot and getting back to regular periods alongside learning about fertility awareness, which you don't realize is that it's not just about how not to get pregnant. It's about literally understanding your cycle. And I think that was the most empowering thing that I did not realize that I was going to gain literacy, on, like yeah. body literacy, total body literacy. So timeline wise, you know, I came off my, I had one like janky cycle, you know, I feel like just naturally coming off of something like that and having the, like, it was almost like a withdrawal bleed. Mm-hmm. And then I got back into like a regular cycle. So I felt as if for a while there, I was kind of riding the wave. I was like, cool. Like I don't have, I don't have painful periods. I'm getting my period every 28 to nine or 30 days. And I thought that everything was easy breezy. Well, you know, just continuing on with kind of like the same habits that I had, I was starting to feel the hormonal shifts. So that's when I started to experiment with like working out differently at different phases of my cycle. Well, again, I still was struggling with these allergy symptoms and I was still struggling with like the fatigue. I was noticing a little bit more fatigue than I had once before. And then the biggest thing that kind of put my mind in the direction of thyroid was the stomach waking. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm not working out as hard as I wanted. Like I went back and forth in my mind and almost like a comparison of myself while I was on the birth control versus not. And I went back and forth for a really long time. And then I finally decided to elect to have an HTMA done so I can have mm. the clarity. And yeah. the results told off. They told off. There's something There's something that is wrong with my thyroid. My adrenal glands are shot. My cells are so damaged just from all of this collateral damage over the last, de- I would just want to say the last decade, right? I just turned yeah. 30. But it's like I got the pill, or I got on the pill when I was 19. So it's like the last decade of my life, I've just kind of been fighting to stay afloat Mm. so you know just kind of going back to the timeline you know I had some suspicions once I came off the IUD although I was doing my best to just maintain lifestyle practices but self off I did and that's why I decided to have the HTMA done and get some clarity for myself so what exactly I know you said it it showed you your thyroid was off your adrenals were off Mm -hmm. so what what changes did you start making after you had the HTMA you know, what, what was your biggest takeaway from getting that test done? Well, I think the biggest thing was the mineral ratios and how mm-hmm. these minerals are interacting with each other. And I think that is so fascinating to me. I mm-hmm. still understand that, but it was so cool to be able to look, because I just full on went on Google and I was like, I'm going to Google how to read this thing before I have a consult because I had a, a 15 minute consult with a health coach to kind of help me out. And although her insight was great, it was really reassuring to to see that I was reading this thing right. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I'm interested in moving forward, since it's so recent, um, is just really paying attention to minerals. I think mm. it's so easy to kind of skip over it. And not that I was ignorant to the fact that I, I didn't I knew what minerals were and how much they played a role. But what I think is interesting is understanding in what quantity and also how they're working together. Like I know, have, I know you've seen the mineral wheel where they're all mm-hmm. either antagonizing each other or depleting one another and like making sure that everything's in balance there. Because I think mm-hmm. as women, we are so used to just looking at like, okay, let me just go in a caloric deficit and let me just lose weight really quick. When in reality, when yeah. you have something thoroughly done like this, or even if you're experiencing symptoms and you don't have a test done, 
it's really important to zoom out and look at all angles of health, right? It's not just mm-hmm. about the protein, which I'll, I mean, it's so important to get over 100 grams of protein plus a day, animal protein, that is, yeah. and, you know, hitting, hitting sufficient calories, but are you hitting sufficient minerals? Minerals, too? yeah. Minerals, 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 seriously. Yeah, I will, I will legitimately preach that until the day I die. I was, and I already told you, I was recording a lot of my course videos today, and I felt you know, at one point I got to a, a portion of the recording and was like, I think I've said minerals like a hundred times in the last hour because it's so important, but it really is so simple. Like when you get down to the basic physiological mechanisms, like, you know, we know that our enzymes drive our hormones, but it's mm-hmm. our minerals that load those enzymes. And so if we're not getting an adequate mineral intake and even something as simple as like, potassium. I mean, most women, you need like what, 44 to 4,800 milligrams of potassium a day. Like most women are not getting enough of that. And I know that especially in like the pro metabolic space. And when we talk about, you know, healing your metabolism and things like that, a lot of people incorrectly assume that just an adrenal cocktail every day is going to meet your, your mineral demands. And that's just, that is not the case. Like adrenal cocktails, beef liver, Sheila G, like all of these things are incredible, but like you have got to be getting mineral rich food. You have to have that foundation before even, I would say before even looking at any of those other things, like you know, all mm. of those things, beef liver, adrenal cocktail, Sheila Jeets, like all of these really mineral rich things that we know are great. Mm. They're just, they're just supplements, you know, they're, they are yeah. supplementing an already firm foundation of nourishment. And it's just, it's freaking wild to me because it seems so simple to say minerals, 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 like you need more minerals, but in practice, I mean, what does that mean? You know, what does that look like? <laughs> right, right. I, you made such a good point about making sure your food is solid. And that's the biggest thing I'm taking from this. Like, yes, my health coach that I was working with gave me a list of supplements with good measure. She didn't just say this and not look at your diet. Yeah. She obviously did this for additional support because she was aware I did this whole questionnaire about like what my diet and lifestyle looks like. So she knew going into this consultation with me that my diet was was pretty there, you know, like I'm in the ballpark, I might just need to make a few tweaks or be a little bit more intentional in other areas. But I think that's a like, that's a bigger message than like you're saying, just minerals, minerals, minerals. But when you have a solid foundation of, you know, mineral rich food, and looking ancestrally back at the food, how they're sourced, how they're prepared, yeah, and really looking at that as like the solid, like you cannot build a house without that your house cannot mm-hmm. be built without the foundation of that. And again, going back to the adrenal cocktail, I think that's such a trend right now. I mean, it's cool because like it really gets us aware of being able to consume more minerals and be conscious of it because I do it too, right? Like I'm constantly with the adrenal cocktail. But if you don't have the foundation first, it's going to be really hard to like allow all of that to play in your favor and you being able to see the results. So for me, you know, going with just specifically off of what my hair results are, um, I think the biggest thing is just making sure that my diet's good. What else can I add in my diet? For example, just just one thing for my thyroid, making sure I'm getting enough selenium. Okay, I'm doing Brazil nuts. That's just an extra add-on on top of yeah. like, you know, the beef, the beef liver, everything else that I'm already eating that has this in there. 
but just being a little bit more intentional with your food because it's going to take you a lot further than the supplements alone, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. It's beautiful. What, um, so what were you doing before you had the test done and then what changed after you had that done? Like what were the biggest before and afters? I think again, just paying attention to how to truly get enough potassium in, like literally <laughs> looking at the back of the label and being like, oh, wow, this this does not have enough potassium. I need to, you know, compensate in X, Y, and Z area. Yeah. I think, I think I was a little bit more blind to that because I was so used to just being, number one, I've gone through just fluctuations of like tracking and a means of making sure I'm eating enough. Like I'm not super crazy. Like I'm not tracking my my ranch dressing like no I'm just not doing that but more so tracking in a sense of like okay I'm making sure that I'm getting enough protein to match my activity level because Mm -hmm. that's essential right um but I think what changed is like where I'm literally looking right like when I turn the package over for example um Ashley actually recommended a um, electrolyte blend for me um, that has a higher potassium to sodium, right? Or a higher potassium versus the other electrolytes in there. So like just being conscious of that, just yeah. really unlocking that layer of like being intentional with how to like um, not manipulate, but just kind of like intricately like plug in all of these different minerals on top of my diet. I think that's the biggest layer that's being revealed to me right now. That's awesome. And I something I was thinking as you're saying that is like, I think it's such a good word to note that from what it sounds like, this has been kind of a journey for you. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't just start with figuring out all of the minerals like you, you Mm -hmm. it's, it's been chapters, different chapters in different seasons. Cause I think it can be really overwhelming to jump into figuring out your mineral needs and figuring out like potassium Mm -hmm. and sodium and magnesium and calcium. And then, you know, you get into all of the micronutrients like what does that mean and that can be overwhelming when the best I think place to start is looking at your macros first because most women aren't getting enough protein most women are definitely not getting enough carbs so Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that brings you up to like a nourishment baseline (laughs) exactly like let's just not eat like a toddler let's get back to eating enough calories and making sure that we're supporting our menstrual cycle or if you're pregnant making sure that you're supporting your pregnancy and being really conscious of that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. So it's, it's different layers of the journey, like, start with those basic energetic needs, because most women are not like, I Mm -hmm. literally, I had multiple clients back to back today. And every single one of them were trying to diagnose different, like symptoms that they have. And you know how I work with clients, they they get a questionnaire from me, they go through their metabolic markers. And then we'll just like, we'll talk about the metabolic markers. And then the first question I ask is about diet. Like, let's, let's see, you know, what you're eating, how much you're eating and what the timing of your eating looks like. And I can almost guarantee every single time I'm talking to someone, like after we go through the metabolic markers, I can, I can know before they even tell me exactly what they're eating. And every single one today specifically was like 12 to 1500 calories from just like, okay, maybe it's not all of these other crazy diseases that you think you may have. Maybe you're just hungry. Like, mm, let's... That's for real. 
mind blown, right? I know. Yeah. It, but, and it seems so stupid. Like I feel, I feel silly every single time I'm talking to someone. Cause I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a practitioner. Like, and yeah. these other people have told you all these other problems, but like, let's start with your basic physical needs. Like your, your basic nourishment needs. Let's get you more protein. Let's get you more carbs. And then let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just, let's just try that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, like, as people increase those, then, you know, you know, as you begin healing, your capacity to learn more heals as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And you have to, you have to start slow. You can't overwhelm yourself because, like, even right now, myself wanting to learn more in depth about the minerals, I feel like I need to climb a mountain. But I have to just listen to one, digest it for a week or two, and then go on. You just you can't force the information because it's not going to do you any good. You just have to take it and then apply. Take it and then apply slowly. Yeah, it's that's awesome. So mm-hmm. when you were going through this, you mentioned a little bit about training with your cycle. So when mm-hmm. did you start training with your cycle? Because I really want to hear about your experiences with training with your cycle. I think this is a really important concept that people learn because it can maximize our hormonal output and it can help keep our stress hormones, not as, not as out of, out of whack. So when did you start training with your cycle? Why did you start? Like, what did that look like for you? So just to back up while I was on the IUD, you know, you don't really experiment or experience those hormonal shifts like you do when you're not like your body does not go through that ebb and flow of seeing that estrogen rise when you're literally about to ovulate and then slowly watching that estrogen go down while the progesterone goes up into your luteal phase right before you start your period you don't experience that when you're on birth control Mm. so for the longest time I was just going 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 Stress hormones, stress hormones, stress hormones. It felt good until it didn't, right? Mm. And although I feel like I was pretty adequate with my diet, you know, our body looks at these things as stress. I mean, it's great stress, right? Working out can be really good. But if we're not doing it in a menstrual conscious way, then it could be doing more harm than good. And obviously, that's subjective to the person. Again, Mm -hmm. like you were saying a while back, have to look at like like your upbringing or like your history if you will and just kind of take yourself where you're at but for me you know I was on that like hormonal high if you will for so long or just like that hormonal disruptive train for so long that I never really got to experience the true hormonal shift until I came off Mm. so the first six months I want to say I was pretty like steady like I really wasn't training with my cycle after coming off and then, you know, timeline-wise, this was bleeding at end of 2021, bleeding into 2022. So 2022 was a huge experimental year for me, mm. going through each cycle, because you only go through your cycle, you know, once every month, right? Once every yeah. 28, 29, 30 days. So you can only experiment so much in a month. Mm. So for me, I started in 2022, really noticing the hormonal shifts. Like I was getting more conscious. I was learning more educationally about what's happening at my body, like at the different mm. phases of my cycle um and I think you know with the experimentation I've just learned a lot again everybody's body is so different I've had months where I've taken the greater part of my luteal phase off which is 11 to 17 days for the person Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. luteal phase um, is you know right before your period for those that Mm -hmm. don't know but I've taken 
that greater part off and it served me that specific month. And then I've gone easy breezy right through my menstrual cycle. Mm. Not to say that I'm super intense in my luteal phase, but I've had months where I've gone through the ebbs and the flows and I've kind of come to a consensus that listening to your body is really important. Mm. Um, let's just say, for example, today, I am in my, I'm in my luteal phase, um, probably about a week out from starting my period or so, but, um, in my luteal phase, you know, I went and I spent, I did groceries with my daughter this morning. She was home with me. So I, you know, did a lot of heavy, heavy mom stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Making breakfast for her, making breakfast for myself, going grocery shopping, coming home, taking a pause for a second after doing <laughs> all of that, right? Cleaning my house. Like I was doing a lot of this stuff and then it got to the end of the day and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to work out. Why would I, why would I put myself if I've gone, gone, gone all day, all day, all day, like sitting mm-hmm. on the wheel? And I'm also still kind of feeling that fatigue because my estrogen is dropping and my progesterone, your progesterone is your chill, like more like nurturing, mm-hmm. get shit done, get be productive hormone, if you will, mm-hmm. but to an extent, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. here to go to a hit intense class when you're, when you're riding off progesterone, if you will. Mm-hmm. So today was a perfect example. I just chose not to work out for the name of health, if you will. I yeah. chose to just take the day off. I did a lot of productive things around my house today. And then tomorrow I'm going to hop back into it. I'm either going to do like a light spin or a light lift. Um, and then I'm just going to roll with it. And I think that it's an experimental thing that you have to try out every single month. But I think mm. the biggest thing is really understanding how you're feeling and unlearning the the stigma that we have to go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Because we physically can't. That yeah. is why we have a menstrual cycle because it teaches you how to slow down, how to relax, how to chill, yes. right? Like that's why it's it's partially put there for that reason. That's why we were designed with this this cyclical change and this hormonal change and shift for that purpose because we weren't designed to go 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 every single day. It's beautiful. I think I think you hit on so many good things specifically getting back in tune with your body. I think that's mm-hmm. such an important point because our society is, a, for lack of a better term, a masculine dominant society. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah. the American workplace is the, you know, it's created for a man, you know, it's not created yeah, for women and cycles. And, you know, not to say you can't be in the workplace as a woman, but like yeah. it school and nine to fives and all of these different things train you out of being in tune with your natural cycles. Because I mean, I know when I was in school, you know, I was an athlete, I was working and working in hospitals and volunteering. I was working night shifts. Like I was packed to the brim, go, go, going. And I, it took me a long time to come down off of that stress. Like it, and it's just our, our society isn't conducive, conducive of that. And now we know, like, uh, I mean, you and I probably know this, maybe this is news for everyone listening, but like that addiction to go, go, go is an addiction to stress hormones. Like it's, and it's like, again, if, especially if you're in a sport as a kid, you yeah. practice five days a week and then games on the weekend. It's like, there is no stopping. That was like yeah. my first almost like aha moment of like where this started as a kid. It's like, and like you said, going to school, yeah. going to school and sitting for X amount of hours. It's like, 
and it's like it's that like let's just dive into the menstrual cycle for just a second right it's like oh no you still have to go to practice even though you are literally dying on the first day of your period and there's like nobody pays mind to it it's like better just have a super tampon like just <laughs> figure it out right yeah I just I'm doing a lot of reflection because the certification I'm going through is having to do a lot of reflection on like your own period story which I think is so empowering for every woman to do and like identify you know where that go 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 started or kind of what triggers that are kind of still pushing you to go forward and explore that but also on the other end of the pendulum to explore ways that you can get in tune with your body. And mm-hmm. this doesn't mean you need to be like an expert with your menstrual cycle just yet. You know, everybody has the capability of being competent about their menstrual cycle. I taught myself over the last two and a half years. I, I've never worked with a coach, right? Yeah. I just went out Same. and got the information. <laughs> for my, right, right. It's like yeah. anybody can go find this information if you're willing, right? Yeah. But I think biggest thing as women is we need to realize that we're just not we're not tiny men this goes mm-hmm. for you know in the workplace this goes for fitness trends and advice like I'm just going to use this as an example fasting yeah I'm not really on board with fasting because you know a lot of that research is conducted on men yes. it's not tailored to the women's hormonal cycle and the women's menstrual cycle like they yes. don't play that into factor right so all of these things that are like shiny objects that we see or just see other people doing. And again, what works for you is awesome. You know, if that does work for you, more power to you. But, you know, just getting back to the way that it was, if you will, right? Slow mm-hmm. lifestyle and really just being able to allow ourselves to just chill, right? Instead yeah. of feeling this guilt of like productivity or if I don't work out 30 days in a month, and no offense to anybody that does this, but 75 hard challenges, I can't stand it. Because oh my like, gosh, yeah. You, if you f*** up, then, okay, you got to start over. It's like, I, no, I, I'm just not about that. No offense, but I'm yeah. not about that. And I think um, just really getting back to the way that it once was, if you will, and really getting in tune with your body is ultimately going to bring that longevity for us women specifically. Yes, yes. And you're exactly right. I, I feel like I keep saying this, this whole podcast, but you're exactly right. This is information that anybody can learn. And I feel very passionate that it's actually essential that women learn how to understand their menstrual sp- cycle, specifically being able to confirm ovulation. Because the majority of grown adult women that don't know how to properly confirm ovulation is insane to me and it's it's actually pretty simple to confirm ovulation mm-hmm. but we I feel like we what is the word I'm looking for we hire it out to people like we expect mm-hmm. we, we, out, we outsource, we outsource it. that's yeah, the word it. we outsource it to apps or to tests or to we expect all of these other things to tell us if we're ovulating when actually mm-hmm you truly can be so in tune with your body to know. I mean, I know down to the hour that I ovulate, like Mm -hmm. I know when it happens. Um, I also knew exactly the moment um, my egg, like the whatever implanted when I was pregnant with my son. (laughs) I was like, that's so cool though. That's so cool. It's so cool. It's like, it's like a, it's, it's really not something that, they emphasize to you they're just like here's your period that's it you know yeah being able to understand this thoroughly is like a true superpower being able Mm -hmm. like 
the best I, I love this I can't remember where I read it but like the best anti-aging tool we have as women is truly understanding your menstrual cycle and truly yes. being able to confirm ovulation ovulation is essential not just because you want to have a baby but ovulation is essential so that your hormones can work together it's like literally a symphony that goes on in there if you're not ovulating or if for, for example, estrogen's too high, progesterone's too low. That's where those symptoms come in. I mean, that varies for the individual, but like, so that's where those symptoms come in. That's where that fatigue comes in. That's mm-hmm. where the, you know, sore boobs before your period, which I struggle with occasionally. But it's good to know these things yeah. so that you can be proactive and you can be able to find solutions, whether it's through your diet, diet lifestyle, um, sweating, sleeping, pooping, whatever. Amazing. Is, you know, yeah. It's, and you're, you're speaking my language. Like the, what I try to preach all the time is there are so many things that our body is constantly telling us. And mm-hmm. if we can truly learn how to read those symptoms, cause a symptom, you know, we've been trained and programmed to think that a symptom is bad, but I, I believe that symptoms are actually great things. Symptoms are a sign that our body is doing exactly what it was designed to do. And that's tell us when something is wrong. And so if we can know and see, okay, my temperature is lower. Maybe I'm not getting enough protein or maybe I'm not getting enough carbs or maybe I'm not getting enough minerals or I'm having these sore breasts before my period. Maybe my progesterone needs a little more support or, you know, like mm. all of these different things that could show up instead of saying, Oh, dang it. My body sucks. Like I just got to beat it into submission. Like, Oh, Oh, I'm, I'm not losing weight around my midsection. I, I got to go kill myself in the gym instead of let's take a step back and say, well, maybe there's a reason there's a reason your body is holding on to weight in your midsection. Maybe it doesn't feel safe enough to release weight. Maybe your ovaries and your uterus have to be protected because you're undernourished mm-hmm. or you're overstressed. Like that, these are very real things that could be going on. And when we can learn to refrain our brain, then we can be more in oh. tune with that cycle. We can be more in tune with those, just the different shifts happening in our body and support our body the way it needs to be supported Mm -hmm. not like you and I we're going to have different needs every month and Mm -hmm. our needs are going to change season to season so like what you might be doing right now might not be exactly what I need right now and vice versa so learning yourself those different movements throughout the month is essential because I mean every everybody and their dog has health advice nowadays, you know? <laughs> right. Oh god, so many angles. It can be so overwhelming for, yes. for the love. And I think something that's so universal to us women is just our menstrual cycle. Anybody that's still got a uterus, you know, you're still gonna menstruate if you're in your childbearing years or you're not pregnant or breastfeeding or whatever it might be, but it's like you're still going to menstruate. We all have that in common. And obviously what angle we all come at it is what makes us different because we all have different backgrounds. We all have different history of hormonal birth control use or what kind of products you're using in your home or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that is universal to us all. And that's something that we all can relate on and all can work through together and really empower and educate each other. And that's kind of where I get off like so passionate about this is because there's endless, endless, endless women. And I have a daughter. She's only four and a half. But like, she's going to menstruate one day, regardless. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter when. She's going to menstruate one day. So being able to get all of these tools and, like, practice on myself is not only going to benefit me, but it's going to benefit her. 
Yeah. So I think being in this space, you know, and you don't have to be a professional to like chat with your girlfriends about this. Like we yeah. literally, like you and I, we're just literally just two gals, two moms trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing is that like going back to the outsourcing as my yeah. aspect that you were saying is like we're so quick to go on flow. And it's like, oh well, it says my ovulation window is this. I don't use an app because the Same. app. I'm not. I'm not a robot. I yeah. use pen and paper, honey. I use pen and paper to write down things like cervical mucus, right? Because when yeah. you see those cervical mucus shifts, you know when you're shifting from estrogen to progesterone. Yep. I wear the temp drop, the the wearable thermometer, basal body temperature, mm-hmm. tracking those trends for myself. And I think the most empowering thing about picking up patterns outside the norm of like weight loss or just tracking macros is that you get to pick up the patterns that are like so personal to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes this so individualized. Radical responsibility, baby. You are taking that you're taking your health into your own hands. And, exactly. you know, you, I, I truly believe you don't need to outsource your health for a lot of things. Like, and I, I think there are a lot of great, you know, like I think HTMAs are amazing Dutch panels, mm-hmm. full Monty's different, you know, holistic practitioners you could work with. I think there are so many great things that uh, different yeah. modalities that can be so beneficial, but I think first it's important to know your own body because if you don't, then when you go to all of those different modalities, all the different tests, they're going to be really confused and it's going to be overwhelming and it's going to send you on a stress spiral. And And I think, I think just to piggyback off that quickly, I think when you're not confident in your knowing yourself, you again, outsource to a quote unquote professional, not to say that their advice isn't valid, but what I'm trying to say is you just kind of put yourself in the box. So for example, if they diagnose you with thyroid, like or a hypothyroid, hyperthyroid, Hashimoto's, whatever it is, then you're going to walk around with this jacket on that says, mm-hmm. I have Hashimoto's and you're not going to be resourceful or look outside the box or kind of almost like have this can-do attitude of like, I'm in control, I'm going to do the best that I can. And I think that's also important to gain this competence because when you when you have a good understanding, and again, you don't have to know every single thing, but mm-hmm. when you have a good understanding of yourself, nobody's going to take that away from you and nobody mm-hmm. knows that information better than you do. Mm. Incredible. I have a whole lesson in my course <laughs> on just that because it's such a, it's, I'm so passionate about it and I don't talk about it a lot online because I don't want to, you know, you don't want to deal with certain trolls opinions sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. there are just days where I'm like, I'm, I don't want to argue this, but if someone, you know, pays for this information, then they can, <laughs> they can take it because right, this, exactly. this is important. Um, but, you know, I'm going to, we're going to have to wrap up here. We could talk easily for yeah. hours and hours and hours, but I really appreciate yeah. your perspective on getting in tune with your cycle. And I think that's going to be the biggest takeaway from this chat because getting in tune with your cycle, getting in tune with your body and really truly taking ownership. I mean, what a beautiful thing and what a beautiful gift that you're not only giving to yourself, but you're going to pass on to your daughter and she's going to pass on to her daughters. Like you're changing the legacy of your family by learning this information and sharing it openly. Like this is an incredible thing. So it makes me very excited. 
Before we let you go, Gabby, where can we find you? Where can we find you online? Where can we learn from you more? So I'm on Instagram. I have a account that I share a lot more of like the informational aspects on Roots and Roses Wellness. I can send that to you so you can link it. Yeah, it'll be um, in the my show personal. Notes. Yeah, and then I'll, my personal account is just Gabs Vango, where I do talk openly about my journey as well. Um, so both information or both accounts are very informational if you will. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be sure to link those in the show notes so people can follow you, glean from your your information. Cause I mean, I've only been following you for a couple months now and I've learned so much just from what you share. So I know I appreciate it. And I know everyone listening will glean from you. So thank you so much. And we will see y'all next week. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, would you mind leaving us a rating or review? I love hearing from you. So be sure to shout us out on Instagram and tag me at Cassidy.Wellfell and we'll be sure to shout you right back out. Let's get this message to as many women as possible. Until next time, friend.